This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are back. We are back with a very, very, very special guest in the house. It's Matt Harmon, very well known from Reception Perception. ReceptionPerception.com, along with his Reception Perception podcast. I, I call him, and he's, he's heard this from me before, he's the wide receiver whisperer. Okay. He watches <laughs> and breaks down wide receivers like nobody else. So he's going to break down these wide receiver prospects coming in to the NFL for us. He's also very known for all the content he's been putting out over the years on Yahoo Fantasy. He's the host of that Yahoo Fantasy football forecast as well. Uh, busy man, but he took some time out to help us today. Matt, thank you for being here. Uh, the draft is 10 days away now, like we were just talking about. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great now, and thank you so much for having me uh, and for all the kind words. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about a whisper, but uh, certainly nobody puts more uh, like a higher percentage of their life um, thinking about wide receivers and working on wide receivers, maybe uh, that, that's not employed by a professional team uh, yeah, than, than me, I would say. So I, I appreciate it, man. And, and this class has been really fun to discuss. You know, I, I, like we said before, I'm, I'm ready for the draft to happen and ready to see where these guys land, but it's still a really interesting class. So I think you can pull a lot of threads that um, kind of speak to the wide receiver position as a whole and like really how you think about it philosophically and, and where guys fit and where they should play. I think that's the fun part about this class, uh, even beyond just the actual players in it. I agree, man. And there's been a lot of movement, you know, from when these, this draft process started a few months ago uh, until now. And particularly, I want to start with Quinton Johnston. Right. And mm -hmm. earlier in the year, you know, he was being talked about as someone on the level of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Right. And I honestly don't know. I, I didn't know too much about him when the process started, you know, after the season was over. Like my draft process really starts in January once the se NFL season is over. Uh, but now that we're deep into the process, you know, Quentin Johnson went from a potential top 10 pick in the draft to maybe making his way out of the first round. He wasn't invited yeah. to draft day on uh, draft night on day one. Uh, Zay Flowers was, uh, and we'll get to him. But outside of his Quentin Johnson's rough draft process, like not having a great combine, a little bit of a rough pro day, do you think Johnston moving out of the first round is warranted, or do you believe that his skill set, you know, in a class that has a lot of smaller receivers, you know, is, is it, you know, is he still a first round pick in your eyes? You know, it's funny for us. I think you, you've talked to me enough over the years and um, certainly people that have followed me over the years are not going to be surprised when I say this. But usually for me, the truth ends up being somewhere in the middle of like those two extremes. Uh, I definitely didn't view him after charting him for reception perception. I didn't view him as a guy that would be like a top 10 type of pick at wide receiver. But um, I certainly think he belongs in the late first round range. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. His draft process reminds me a little bit of like Traylon Burks from last year. And I, I'm actually curious where it, which of these two guys 
we can talk about that in a second, but like, which of these two guys do you think is a better prospect? Which of these two guys do you think is a better player coming in? Because I, I think it's a pretty similar draft process where folks who watch them play at the collegiate level um, are really high on their skill sets, are really high on their athletic ability in particular, because Traylon Burks did some really fun stuff on the field as a collegiate player. Quinton Johnson did some really fun stuff um, as a collegiate player on the field, but their athletic testing was, I, I would say, good not great not like special and they were talked about as both of these like freak athletes on the field I think because of their size and some of the stuff they did after the catch but you know Burks had like again solid to good athletic testing last year and Quinton Johnston some of the results are really good like the vertical jump is really good but you didn't necessarily have like that freaky change of direction stuff that freaky um 40 yard dash time at, at his size so I think that th those two kind of remind me of the same way. And I, I viewed them both. Um, I put out rankings on receptionperception.com, the like last three years draft board for my wide receiver rankings stacked together. And those two guys are actually like, I think back to back, if not like right in the same tier. So kind of similar draft processes to me these last couple of years. But I, I think for Quinton Johnson, to me, man, he he'll make a lot of sense to a team late in the first round. I, I think he certainly has some – he's just a volatile player. I'm not surprised that some people have him as, like, wide receiver five and other people have him as, like, the wide receiver one because, you know, size is a hell of a drug man at the wide receiver position. And like you mentioned, he stands out among the early picks in this class. And, you know, some of his RP metrics are really good, but it comes on a small – handful of routes and I feel like he's probably going to level out as being a really good complimentary receiver again to make a comparison to last year's class the way he could be used as a rookie and the way he might fit is very similar to like a Christian Watson type from last year where he's not going to run every route he's not the most refined technician and there are some ball skill questions there but you get him in the open field you get him after the catch like he's going to do some fun stuff and he can certainly rip you deep as well yeah, no, 100%. I, and, and I do like Quentin. There's a lot of reasons to like Johnson, right? And, you know, I think the fact that he is so, um, you know, the fact that he is really good after the catch, the fact that he can mm -hmm. make plays downfield, you know, it's a unique combination, right? And, you know, I think some of, some of the concerns that, that you've laid out in the past in reception, in his profile at receptionperception.com, you know, there are some things that are concerning. Now, me personally, like I, I don't think I could put him over a guy like JSN. You know, you know, JSN, you know, I know you're very fond of him as well. Like we all learned our lesson, you know, when Justin Jefferson was coming out. You know, not to pigeonhole wide receivers as slot only guys just because they happen to play that position in college, right? And that's why reception reception perception is such a powerful tool because it helps us gauge whether a player can have success, you know, against man or press coverage on the outside. And Jason seems to have that ability. Like he had four yards per route run against man coverage in 2021. And, mm. you know, when you consider the year that Justin Jefferson had with Jamar Chase on the field at the same time at LSU in that, you know, historic 2019 season, Chase wasn't in the league yet. So it wasn't as obvious. But with JSN, he outperformed both Chris Olave and Gary Wilson in 2021 by a lot. Right. Like yeah. it wasn't just by a little like 1600 yards for JSN in 2021 compared to 1000 yards and 900 yards for Wilson and Olave, respectively. Now, these two these two dudes already proved it at the next level. Yeah. Right. So that alone, you know, for me is probably like the most weighted factor when evaluating JSN and how I think he might, you know, be at the next level. Would you would you kind of agree with that sentiment? And, you know, some of it obviously is he's in the draft process right now. They want to get their boy, you know, drafted high. They want to pump him up. But, you know, both of those guys have said to me 
uh, and they've said to basically anybody that will listen that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the better of is the best of the three of them. Uh, and Brian Hartline has said it in interviews again. He's in the draft process right now. You know, it, it, they want to hype him up. I, I totally get that, but. Which it is, uh, you know, it's funny. I was kind of surprised that he didn't put him like Brian Harlan didn't put him at number one over Marvin Harrison. But I think if he did that, a lot of yeah. people would have been like, "All right, all right, Brian, like, come on, let's 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 chill out." It also makes you think, like, man, how exciting is it going to be to talk about Marvin Harrison uh, Jr.? I, <laughs> yeah. I was already, I'm already talking about, like, I was talking to my wife about Marvin Harrison in the in, in the in the car yesterday, driving to a uh, on Saturday, driving to a friend's house. She's like, "We talk about it. I don't care." But, but that's I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> we're all excited for Marvin Harrison Jr. Brian Hartline is yeah. even excited. So yeah, man, it's um, it, I mean, that, God, what an embarrassment of riches. You forget, like, he Hartline coached Terry McLaurin too. He turned out to be a pretty good player as well. Um, but yeah, man, he. I think Jackson Smith and Jig was just, you know, you mentioned the man coverage beating ability. He's second among the prospects for this year's class and success rate versus man coverage. Um, I just, just a bit ahead of Quinton Johnson as well. I, I agree to me. I think JSN is in a tier of his own in this draft class because I think he has the ability to be more than a slot only player, you know, being a flanker on the outside. I think he can do that. You're probably not going to want to line him up at X receiver and have him run the intermediate and vertical route trees, but he is really good um, on those in-breaking intermediate routes. Like he, I think he runs the best dig route in the class. He turns guys around so well there. He's a fun player, man. I think he's very safe as well. Like he, he, he to me has a really low, I, I guess, chance to bust like out of the league completely because you see him being such a good, reliable slot receiver. Uh, but I do think he has a really high ceiling. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say he's going to be Justin Jefferson, but I love that comparison that you make that, you know, Justin Jefferson was placed in the slot because they wanted to get Chase as that outside X receiver in college. And like, how do we get these guys on the field together? And look, guys love guys love to play in the slot. I mean, any receiver I talk to, it's it's like kind of surprising when the first thing they don't say, if I ask them, like, where do you where do you love to line up? It's almost kind of surprising if they don't say the slot first because they get so many of these advantageous matchups and he definitely saw it with JSN in college. I think you'll see it in the NFL too. He he feels like a really, really good player that I do think could be my player comparison for him is Keenan Allen. I think he, he reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen. Now, his, his his former teammates, Olave and Wilson, are probably both considered top 10 dynasty wide receivers at this point. Yeah. Would you say that JSN has a, a ceiling that's close to these guys? Like, I, I know that your comparison is Keenan Allen. And when you say Keenan Allen, you don't think ceiling. You think mm -hmm. amazing floor. You know, this guy can is, is capable of eight, nine, ten more than that catches per game. But does, do they have the ceiling of a guy who's lining up on the outside, you know, getting those deep shots, bigger plays? And, you know, JSN, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, JSN had the highest percentage of catches in 20 throughout his career that went for 15 or more yards. So as a slot receiver, he was still making big plays after the catch targeted downfield. Um, but do, does he have the same type of upside as Olave and Garrett Wilson? Oh, sure. I, I, well, that's the thing, right? Like I just said that, you know, all these people say that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best of these three. Even Olave and Wilson have, have said that to me. Like they think he's better than them. I disagree. Like I, <laughs> my, my personal evaluation is that I think Garrett Wilson was a better prospect. Um, I think that Chris Olave was a better prospect over the last three years, like 2021, 2022 and 2023. I, Chris Olave has my second highest grade other than Jamar Chase. Like I loved Chris Olave as a prospect. You, you know, I was such a big fan of him last year. I think, 
Smith and Jigba is the third best of these guys. This is my, my personal evaluation. So um, the ceiling perspective and because what we saw those guys do last year from a production standpoint with, you know, pretty bad, bad to middling quarterback play. Right. I think is a good kind way to say it uh, for, for some of these guys. That was just so impressive. And I think they are those type of talents. And I think JSN could do that. I think he could produce with like an Andy Dalton type at quarterback, but um, it's going to, I think it would take the right landing spot for him to be immediately considered a top 10 dynasty receiver. Uh, but yeah, I think he'll hang around for me, probably some of the, like the fringes of 12 to 15 type of range, but he's such a good prospect. And I think if you take him, very early in your dynasty rookie draft, I think you're going to be at worst very, very happy for like five to seven years because he's going to have just uh, such an easy projection. I mean, listen, I will take Keenan Allen. Like, if he's Keenan Allen, right. that's a great, you know, great dynasty play. Like, he's been doing it forever. You know, he's like past 30 and he's still getting it done. He's probably going to have another great year this year. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I love it. Now, I want to get the Zay Flowers and Jordan mm-hmm. Addison. And it's, it's interesting because I think both of these guys are in a similar tier for me. I, I, I usually try not to overvalue landing spot, especially in Dynasty. But if one of these guys lands with Mahomes, for example, mm-hmm. like I, I'm not going to hesitate to put one over the other, right? And as, and as of right now, it doesn't seem like Zay Flowers falls out of the top 20 at this point. But even Addison might not fall you know, after that early 20s range, you know, with, you know, there's a Chargers, Ravens and Vikings sitting at like 21, 22 and 23, you know, and, you know, I'll say this when looking at the numbers and, and if I'm, a, if I'm only looking at the spreadsheet and like not watching these guys on film at all, right. To me, uh, I would say that Addison pops more, right. He broke out at 18 top 10 in yards per route run each of the last two seasons in the power five had a stupid good year at Pitt. That 2021 mm-hmm. season was absolutely Crazy. bonkers, dude. Um, and, you know, before transferring to, to USC, of course. But he's had more, you know, big plays per target. His team has been targeting him more, you know, when they do pass the ball. But when I watch Zay, <laughs> I'm like, man, like, he, he just looks better to me. Like, you know, so I want to get your evaluation. Like, talk to me about who you like more out of these two in a vacuum. Um, you know, are they somewhat close for you? And, you know, who would you think? consider having the higher ceiling between these two guys yeah man i I, you hit it on the head for me too i've gone like back and forth between um my my rankings like who do i like better you know just as pure players um obviously we'll figure out who we like better from like a dynasty rankings perspective when we see the landing spot because that could be a great tiebreaker you know charles mcdonald made a great point that um on our on our yahoo podcast that i got like jordan addison who's a, a smaller guy who we don't think, you know, is going to necessarily be, he's not, he's not going to be like blow by you in the vertical game for him to make really big plays on the routes that I like best for him, especially because he might not be the best contested catch player. Now I keep, I keep, um, I keep bringing up that <laughs> I keep bringing up that like Jahan Dotson and Jordan Addison, I think are very similar as players. Um, the thing that made, Jahan Dotson, such a, a great player and a great prospect and, and so easy to translate to the pro game was that he was like a freak in the contested catch game, despite being, you know, for a long time in his collegiate career, at least sub 180 pounds. Uh, I, I think that Jordan Addison maybe could get there, but 
I don't want to necessarily project that. So like a strong arm quarterback could be a really good thing for uh, Jahan or for, for Jordan dots or for Jordan Addison. See, I'm already mixing them up in my head, <laughs> like on those dig routes and post routes and some of the ways he made big plays in, on that, in that pit season, like a guy like Justin Herbert is a great fit for uh, Jordan Addison. So that might be like the post draft tiebreaker for me, but as pure players, I'm with you that I like Zay flowers just a little bit better. And I think when you look at their reception perception metrics, the big difference, like 73.1% success rate versus man uh, for Zay flowers, 71.3% for Jordan Addison. That's pretty close. 80% success rate versus zone for Jordan Addison, 80.6% for Zay flowers. That's pretty close. The biggest difference, though, um, is 51.1% success rate versus press for Jordan Addison. Not great. 72.7% success rate versus press for Zay Flowers. That's a pretty big gap there. And I think that Jordan Addison is going to be best working as a flanker and even maybe a majority slot receiver, which I felt pretty similar about Jahan Dotson last year as well. So that's why I keep making that comparison. For Zay Flowers, I think it's sacrilegious and should be like a 30-day minimum jail sentence to compare somebody to Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was that good at his peak. But I understand why people make those comparisons because he's a small guy who I think can hack it against press coverage, who plays with a ton of aggression, a ton of fire, and is an explosive route runner downfield. I think you could see Zay Flowers, and you see a lot of him doing this in college, like winning in the vertical game against physical press coverage on the outside as a true X receiver. I think Jordan Addison, when he lines up as an X receiver and he runs like pure go routes against press coverage on the outside, that's where he really struggles. And that's what brings down that overall success rate. So I'm with you that Zay flowers as a player. I like just a little bit better. And I think he could play all three receiver spots, including the X receiver spot where I think Jordan Addison is probably more, of a flanker slot guy, which no shade to Jordan Addison, very good player, but that's what breaks the tie for me and why I eventually said that I think Zay Flowers is a little bit better prospect. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 